Yo guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. This is my third time hitting record on this intro because I'm so tired that by the end of the intro, I'm like falling asleep. You can see like my levels go from like really high and energetic and then by the end of the intro, I'm like dead and I'm talking super quiet. This is what happens when you push the podcast off a day and then have to do everything at 7.10 a.m. I'm a busy bee. I'm sorry, guys. I hope you guys are enjoying your weekend. Um, I'd like to say that I am, but we're about to get slammed by a hurricane. First one in 30 years. Super exciting, right? Um, which means I have to unplug my computer so that like, if we lose power, it doesn't like mess everything up. So this weekend, I'm probably not going to be making any music, content, or anything, which sucks but at the same time i know what my friends would say they'd be like dude this is your chance to like get off your computer and like do something but at the same time like no i can't go outside it's a hurricane so i'm probably just gonna watch movies all weekend i guess that's productive um but yeah i hope you guys are enjoying your weekend sorry this episode is late um but today we got we got karma on the podcast if you don't know who karma is shame on you Go check him out on SoundCloud. His music is literally insane. It's some of the best bass music I've heard from, like, this generation. I swear. I mean it. Um, Karma and I met on a Twitch stream. I heard one of his demos, and so I hit him up, and now we're here. That's the short version. We're going to talk a little bit of, a little bit about it, though. Um, this is a great episode if you want to know more about Karma, if you want to know, I guess, what the kids are doing nowadays to build music projects. We talk a lot about that. We talk about his background. We talk about his mentality when building a music project. We talk about his kind of the theory behind making music. We talk about kind of the ways people classify music nowadays and music projects. And and I, I ask him how he fits into that. Great conversation there. But yeah, guys, it's a good episode. It's a fun episode today. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hit him up. Hit me up. Throw us on a story if you like it. Thank you for listening. This is episode 16. We're almost at episode 20. These are going by super fast. It feels like as soon as I put up one episode, I got to record the next one. It's fast paced. It's fun though. I like this. Um, but yeah, guys, I hope you I hope you enjoy the episode today. There are some technical difficulties throughout just because we're in different countries. So, you know, recording a podcast for an hour can be kind of difficult. Um, and so there's some spots where he lost power and the recording stopped, and so we had to do three separate recordings, and so I tried to stitch them together. It shouldn't disrupt the flow of conversation very much, but if it does, it doesn't. You're fine. Karma today, episode 16, out of tune. Let's do it. Yeah, so I I gotta think, I found you on, on Bishu's stream. Like, I, I watched that stream, like, like every... Every Friday, I want to say, whenever he does the thing where he listens to people's entries, I remember like, I want to say it was back in May. I, I don't know. Or maybe when it like was, June. But I do remember your demo. It was, I remember liking it a lot. And I remember having it, the demo having a lot of inspiration from Skillex as well. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm like, I'm in that phase right now where I'm like trying to get myself away from like copying other producers because like everything I make right now is just like I hear something cool and I'm like, I got to do something just like this. But I mean, it, I feel like it's a phase everyone has at some point. But I remember, I remember like, I remember listening to some of the demos he was doing 
and you had Dark Adaptation, I think was the one that he played for for the stream. And I remember just like thinking this is so crazy because it was like the like the drop being like the drums all like drum and bass. And yeah, I thought it was super sick. And then um I remember like he he liked reposted and followed me on SoundCloud. And I like <laughs> shit myself when that happened. I was so excited for the rest of the day. And then I noticed that like he did the same for you. And I remember that day I was like, bro, like you did the same thing. I remember I followed you. That was so funny. That that was a good stream. I I always enjoy streams. I always enjoy any sort of demo stream. Uh, for example, today, um, yeah, today was in the morning. I had to wake up early for the brownies and lemonade demo session, and mm-hmm. that was fun. Got a pretty good response from people. Yeah, <laughs> did you um did did they play one of your yeah, tracks? Yeah, I sent in one of my demos. One of the IDs there. It's unreleased, and they played that. Oh, nice. Yeah, for sure. I've never been to one of their streams before. That's insane. Um, but yeah, man, honestly, like the the most relaxing thing right now for me, it's like when I when I was younger, I used to watch like a lot of video game play, like video games, like streamers playing those. And now it's like now it's just like tutorials and streams for like music stuff. It's kind of funny how that evolved. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I really like I really like starting off this podcast with just like a brief summary of who you are. So just like for a second here. Just like introduce yourself to everybody listening, like who you are, what you do, and yeah, man, just go for it. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, my name is Kush Kush Varma, um, and that's how I got to the name Karma it, Karma actually um, by combining my first and my last name together. I'm from India, Gurgaon, uh, and I'm a music producer. <laughs> There's nothing more to it. No, dude, that's honestly like the sim- the more simple the better. So, would you consider yourself like a trap producer or EDM producer? Like, do you put any words before producer or is it just music producer honestly, you just make whatever? Even even producer I feel is kind of like not what I what I exactly want to do. I, I'm, I'm more I want to be more of a musician than just a producer. So, I, I kind of want to take yeah. part in many aspects of what goes behind the song whether it's mixing, mastering, production direction even some of the instrument like the instrumental part of it i do play the guitar and yeah, the drums so kind of help out with that as well sometimes but yeah i'm 100%. not gonna I, like i do make trap beats i do make drum and bass and all that stuff but in the end i'm just you know a musician <laughs> dude 100% i like that and we'll we'll talk about that a lot more as the podcast continues um but I want to kind of hear your background, just like of your life before music, I guess. So talk a little bit about yourself as a child, what your hobbies were, where you grew up, kind of family life. Go for it, man. I mean, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I had a pretty normal childhood. Went to school, did the usual stuff. First, I wanted to become an astronaut. Um, oh, yeah. I, I guess every kid goes through that. Um, and then... <laughs> I had this uh, I had this phase of me wanting to actually become an investment banker or a stockbroker um just because I watched the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and so that's that's how I have my business mindset as well. So I I actually enjoy doing business. That's why I also have an undergrad degree in BBA. Um but yeah, before oh, nice. before music it was just you know messing around in school doing usual kid stuff. My family was uh my dad has a nine to five, so he he's in the corporate lifestyle. My mom's a housewife, mm-hmm. sister's doing her own thing. Um, yeah, that's about it. 
So are you doing music full time right now or is it kind of split or? Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot going on in my life right now. I just graduated from college. 100%. Um yeah. So I will be getting my degree by the end of this month. And I haven't really said this out um socially or uh I haven't made a statement about it, but I got into Icon Collective and I might might be going there next month, but uh Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm just waiting for my visa to come. <laughs> I, I was, so, so for for anybody who doesn't know what Icon is, why don't you why don't you tell people oh, it's what my that is? Dream music production school. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. No, it's it's a music production school. Um, and how I know it, uh, it as a uh, uh, nightmare. Nightmare has graduated from there. Slander's graduated from there. Mark J. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Many more. Yeah, man. So. Were you like into sports at all when you were younger or did you find music pretty fast? Um, I found music relatively fast though, but um, I did try out sports. I'm I'm pretty fast. I run, <laughs> I run a lot and yeah. uh, I competed in that, but uh, not really of my interest. Um, studies, I wasn't the best. I'm going to be completely honest, except for business because I Fair. like business. Um, and mm-hmm. the third was music because my mom just enrolled me into keyboard lessons and then that's where it just took off mm-hmm. so it started with keyboard guitar and then eventually drums but i play the guitar and then played with the school band and whatnot okay so t- i guess talk a little bit about like what schooling is like in india because for in america it's like preschool elementary school middle school high school and then college and then you're done is it the yeah. same in india or is it it's, different at all or this is the same i mean Sure, there's different types of boards and education systems here, and you have the choice to choose. So you have the choice um, to make. Um, what I chose was mm-hmm. ICSC, which is uh, um, I don't think I know myself, but um, it was just the education system. So it's like you, elementary school, then you go to middle school, senior school, and then you're off to college. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the same thing, but. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, of course. There's a lot of emphasis on the tenth uh, and twelfth board exams here. So, <laughs> I mean, ever since ever since I was a child, I've been hearing about tenth grade board exams or twelfth grade board exams and everything. So, it's kind of like the main, the final thing. So that prepares you off for what kind of college you might get into. So if you're if you mm-hmm. do well in your tenth and twelfth grade board exams, that means you're gonna get into a good college. And if you don't, then it's about average and stuff. So, yeah, for sure. So do you think that like your business school, did that help you with music at all? Like, did you make a lot of connections? Did you find people doing something similar to you in that school? No, not at all, actually. It was, um, so the the only reason I, I did a business degree was, uh, was because I want something that I can fall back on. Um, and after, mm-hmm. obviously, my dad is like my role model. And I've seen him go through the nine to five job and I've seen the kind of position he's at right now. And obviously mm-hmm. that also inspires me in a way. So if let's just say for any reason I'm unable to do music, I have something to fall back on and I can actually work a nine to five and, you know, make my life sustainable that way. Yeah. But when it comes to music in business school, I feel that I can understand what goes around um, in the backside, the back end of uh, uh, of a business company or corporation or just even a small business and I can understand what they prioritize 
and somewhat and I can somewhat apply the same entrepreneurial skills into music because at the end of the day music is business in the in the real world mm-hmm. yeah I mean 100% I actually fun little story here I ended up dropping out of college and I was going for business school and I remember when I like I pitched the whole thing to my parents uh, one of the things I said is like I have I have broken down the reasons why most artists fail and I'm trying to not do that and one of the things I pitched to them was like most artists don't take mindset a business. to it. Like there, there's almost like two parts. There's like being the artist itself. And then there's like being the business behind the artist. And if you only have one, you're not really going to find success and people do find success, but it's, it's more rare, you know? And so if you tackle, if you like go into it, knowing how the business works and how to market and how to prioritize and how to set up multiple streams of income and kind of just like view it as like a big entrepreneurial uh, like landscape in which you can build upon, then you're you're much more likely to to be successful than if you just make good music, I guess. Because I mean, I mean nowadays, like you can make good music and still not get anywhere, you know. So there's like I mean, there's yeah, so much that uh, goes. Another in. reasons why managers exist is because they do the business end of it, which when it comes to networking, socializing with people, and actually pitching your offers, that's that's more of the business end. Where also they also take care of your financial stuff, and everything. They get you more opportunities. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. been made easier in the in the times we live in uh, because of managers. But I, th- I guess back in the day, it was more, uh, you know, you do your shit yourself. You go out, meet people, and that's how you networked. And I, I guess still, maybe it happens today as mm-hmm. well, but who knows? Yeah, it's more like in the beginning of an artist project, it's like that. Because, like, there's a lot of time where it's just you and then you get a manager. Like, usually that's, like, the hardest part, too. Like, when you're first starting out and just pushing your music, it's a lot of it is by yourself. And that's, like, where you have to have the business mindset. And then eventually, like, the business stuff becomes so big that you need someone else to manage it for you. And that's that's why we even have managers, to be honest. Um, why, why do managers hop in? They hop in because this artist is hot it's he's popping off they're popping off who knows like i have a friend of mine like his name mm-hmm. is veer i think you've heard Maybe. of him i mean came on black labels so um anyway so he's popping off right now and um i don't know if we're not we're still not in touch but i'm pretty sure that a lot of managers have hit, hit him up mm-hmm. so yeah man i that's like that's also a huge like trick to the whole thing like a lot of people a lot of like people who only have the artist mindset are just trying to like reach out to managers and reach out to labels and like they try to just like reach and reach and reach. But like I think anybody who has a business mindset with it kind of just knows that like you have to be attractive. Like you have to make them come to you instead of like reaching out to them. You know, because like managers like they're 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 just not really gonna read their inbox as much as people think, and labels as well. Like they just get so many emails. Like people get so excited when they get like an email for a label that they found and like they think no one else has access to it. Like Joy Time Collective, like they only have one place on the internet where they have their email and everyone gets so excited when they find it. But like they've got hundreds of messages coming every day. And so at the end of the day, just like, you, you know, yeah, Papa Khan. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he's like a great example. Like he didn't really try to just like push his music to labels. He was just like his story and his brand and everything just like sucked everyone right in. And sure enough, like marshmallow signed him and everything. So like that, that style is definitely a lot better for sure. I mean, yeah, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes behind it. So you make, you make a good song, you think it's good and you just upload it as a clip on Twitter, maybe Instagram. And if for some reason it pops off, it pops off. 
and who knows mm-hmm. where that'll take you. So I mean, I guess there's opportunities everywhere for everyone. They just have to grab it. You never know if you don't try, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So when did you know that music was something that you wanted to do full time? Because you mentioned that you played guitar and like drums in high school or middle school. Um, did you know, like when you went to business school that you wanted to do music at the end anyways, or was that still kind of just like eh, up in the air? So I'll, I'll give you a brief timeline. Um, in the fourth grade, I started playing the guitar and, um, in the eighth grade, I started playing the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, by the ninth to the 10th grade, I was in the school band and, you know, going for competitions and playing just shows in general. Um, I, I think I got into music production as in the electronic music production side of it after I attended this, uh, my first ever concert and it was Martin Garrix who actually came to India. Uh, I went oh, for, wow. yeah, exactly. Back then Martin Garrix was popping off. So, um, I went for the gig and I, and, and all I could see was like just people being together and the kind of energy that was in the crowd, just reacting with the music. That kind of inspired me. And I actually went back home that night and downloaded um, FL Studio on my laptop. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, this is it. Uh, and of course, back back then, my parents were just like, oh, it's, it's a hobby. It's cool. Um, but, <laughs> you know, over time, they're, they've become extremely, extremely supportive. And I'm yeah. glad. That, that was going to be my next question, actually. How, how have your parents reacted to everything? So, I mean, yeah, like at, at first, like I mentioned, they were um, kind of confused because <laughs> um, I, I said I wanted to do business, um, investment banking, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just suddenly come up and showed my dad this shitty house tune I made <laughs> back in 2014. And he's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, no, um, it grew over time because they they could naturally naturally see my talents popping off over there, um, mm-hmm. and I, obviously I take pride in that. I I take pride in what I'm good at. I know I'm I'm good at music, and I and I know I can mm-hmm. do that. Um, if my parents are actually supportive, which they are, um, it gives me no reason to back away. That's why I'm also going to LA uh, to Icon Collective, like. It's my age right now. Go explore the world, do all the shit that I want to do, and um, mm-hmm. you know, find my way in the, in in the way. Uh, yeah, man. If it doesn't work, honestly, like, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I interrupted you. No, I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and um, then I can just get a job. So, anyways, like the mm-hmm. best way to get into music, I feel that I need to go to a play, like an environment that supports creativity, that actually is around the entire community of music and what's the best, what's better than LA, right? So. Yeah, exactly, man. Like surrounding yourself with people who do something similar to you or just support you in what you do is like, honestly, one of the most crucial elements of exactly. building a Company career. Like, really it's, it's really, it's really hurtful when you're like, your, your close group around you is like lazy and unmotivated and doesn't really support your music stuff. And like, that's honestly like one of the reasons I started with this podcast was to like develop that circle. Cause I'm in like, I'm in the middle of nowhere, bro. Like within 500 miles of my house, there's not a music scene, man. Like there's no shows, there's no other producers. Like it's just me. So like, 
you sometimes you have to really like stick your leg out there to try to like build you know a community of people that support you and what you're doing like for you like going to la like that's one of the best moves you can make like if that's something that's like people can do like you just got to do it you know if you can take exactly that i mean at the same time it's kind of overwhelming because i haven't uh, lived outside of my house i haven't lived outside of family so moving mm-hmm. to a completely new country completely different time zone and at the same time so my dad is actually posted in singapore he's here because of covid um mm-hmm. but he's going to be going back soon so my mom will also shift to singapore my sister she's in the uk she she's doing a fashion um, course in university oh, wow, of yeah. arts london and i'll be going to la <laughs> so we're all going to be vacating from this house and going to, to different parts of the world so that's wow, that's man. overwhelming <laughs> Yeah, I know it's super cool and honestly like there's so many producers who've done that before. You could just like reach out to any of them. Like th- th- think about how many people come from the UK to LA. Like that's crazy. Or even just Canada. And like yeah, like without a doubt like having to like get a green card and like all of the steps like in the legal system along with trying to like build connections, it can it can definitely be overwhelming, but honestly like if you look at the music those people are making, like the people who go overseas, It's honestly like sometimes a lot better than the stuff that just like the homegrown like American artists are making cuz there's like so much more like um not fear but just excitement that goes into the music, you know? It's like cuz when you're traveling like that, a lot of times you're able to just channel that excitement and that energy of what's going on right into your music and as a result, it's like it's super crazy. So like honestly the stuff that you're going to be making when you get to LA like all of that overwhelming experience is probably <laughs> going to bring like the best product out of you that you've ever made for sure, man. Uh no I have actually a story. So Okay yeah, go for it. Uh do you know member? I don't know. Yeah, so um one of the members of member is actually the son of my dad's ex boss. And um I so I got recently connected with him and you know told him about all my fears when it comes to going to the US and not being able to stay back over there and he mm-hmm. just like Honestly shout out to him because uh, he also gave me the confidence to actually make this decision because just like just like me he was an indian citizen and he was um uh, pursuing engineering in the US and that allowed him to you know get a job and stay back over there and still make mm-hmm. music so i mean yeah that kind of, he helped me out make this decision yeah man i was actually going to ask like in this city you're in is there much of a music scene at all Like are there people around you that are doing something similar to what you're doing or is it kind of just you or do you have like a, a a pretty tight circle of people who are producing music like you? So the city that I'm from um it's called Gurgaon. It's not a very it's not a very populated city. So um you know most of the people who are your age through different schools and you know through mutual friends and stuff. I'm not going to say I'm the only producer here. There's a lot of a lot of good and talented producers out here musicians rappers everything we got we got everything mm-hmm. um uh, but i met my closest friends through music here um mirza i met mendes and they're both from the same city uh but then we have new delhi that's literally 20 minutes away and that's where i met mahir bihar um and there's other people as well So I'm I'm not going to say I'm the only producer here so there's there's definitely a lot of artists out there but we also have a really tight circle. Mhm. So when you when you first kind of got into music who were some of like the biggest inspirations that you were looking up to at the time? 
Aside from like uh, obviously Martin Garrix, I'm sure you were looking up to. Okay, aside from Martin Garrix, so that was Hardwell, that was Tiesto, when I was just starting off. But mm-hmm. um, another really close friend of mine, his name is Krish. Uh, he got me into trap music. So the first person that um, to ever show me Mr. Carmack was this guy. And that's how I fell in love with trap music and, you know, so on. So it mm-hmm. all started with Mr. Carmack, then Crane, then R.L. Grime, then Bauer. And, you know, it just kind of blew up that way <laughs> in inspiration terms. So, yeah, man. Yeah. So w- around what was the time period on this? So how old were you when you first, like, like got fl studio i mean the first time i got fl studio i was um i think i was 15 years old okay 15 um but i didn't so i didn't i didn't understand fl studio so i just went to logic which was Mm -hmm. easier to understand and easier to work with because i I have a macbook um for some reason i back then i didn't know how to download fl studio for mac Mm -hmm. um so and logic was easier um what was the question again it was just about like how old were you when you first got fl studio that was oh, it 14 or 15 yeah okay that's <laughs> that's usually the age that it happens and honestly like same thing for me i remember i like i was i had this friend that was like making stuff like porter robinson he loved porter robinson and he was in fl studio and i remember one time i was listening to uh do you know do you know that live stream on YouTube? It's like lo-fi beats to chill and study to. Oh yeah, like that. of course. I'm, <laughs> everybody knows it. I I was listening to that and I was like, what if I used that guy's software to make this? I just I thought I was a genius, and so like I downloaded it and dude, it's just been you know just downhill <laughs> from there. <laughs> um, so I want to kind of get into like the theory behind your artist project almost because it seems like you've definitely put like a lot into like the branding and image of it and everything. Um. So I guess what I initially thought of, like whenever I hear like about people coming from just like honestly outside of the U S um, I, I think of like a lot of artists who have branded themselves specifically to kind of fit in with the culture they came from. Like, uh, like if you know, Tisoki, he's very UK and like Kashmir is very India. Um, did you consider about like, cons- like involving your ethnicity into your music project or was it not really a thought? It, at the time, it was not really a thought because my inspirations were mainly Mr. Garmack, Aurel Graham Bauer, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, one of my major future goals is to um, get the entire culture of India into a single project. And oh, this wow. project is going to be really big. I don't really want to talk about it right now because I don't want to jinx anything. I'm like that kind of oh. person. <laughs> no, I, I get it, man. I get it. Um, a lot of times you just kind of like let it unravel and see what happens. But like, it's definitely good to have like that really, really high goal because you'll end up going a lot further than you think. Um, so would you say you found your sound or do you think no. you're still kind of looking for it? I'm, I kind of stopped believing in finding my own sound because I, you know, I stress myself out, uh, just about this topic back in 2020 um you know i have to find my sound i have to find my sound i have to make this sound sound unique and honestly that's where all my focus went in and mm-hmm. as as someone i want to be a musician instead of a music producer instead of just a trap music producer or dubstep or like bass i want to be some more involved in everything mm-hmm. um so it's not I'm not really looking at making something sound unique and close to my branding instead of just instead of, I'm just having fun with it and it usually just comes out on its own so if if 
let's just say if I play a chord, if I play a melody, anything I do, there obviously is a little piece of me that's going into this and that's what's unique about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Honestly, like when it comes to like finding your sound or building a brand, I feel like so many people try to just like take little pieces of what's already out there and try to like build their own. And like when they're sitting down to make music, they're consciously thinking about like what sound am I shooting for? When in reality... And what you've figured out is that like finding your own sound and finding a brand is really just a game of like emphasizing who you are as hard as you possibly can and not like not putting up any barriers or walls when it comes to the creative process. Like when you're sitting down to make music, you shouldn't really be thinking about like what your sound is or what sound Absolutely. you're going for. Like I'm pretty Absolutely. sure Skrillex said something like this on some interview recently. And he was just like if you press play in it and it makes you feel good, just like release it. And like, who cares if it doesn't sound yeah, like anything you've released before. <laughs> and like, that's becoming more and more common. Cause I feel like, I feel like if you look back to like before 2015, everyone was kind of strictly making like, maybe not. I feel like there's, there was this era where everybody was just trying to like, ma- like find, find a lane that already exists and fit into. And like the genres weren't very broad yet. So it was very easy to just say like, that's future base. And that's dubstep. <laughs> and nowadays, like everything's just so mixed up and blurry. It's almost like stupid to like try to find a genre that works for you. Cause like, I mean, yeah, there is, what is a genre nowadays, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I agree with that. I don't really look at genres. That's why, again, coming back to the entire musician instead of a music producer yeah. part of it. Would you, um, I, I saw this interview a little while ago uh, from Kishmir. Actually, it was probably about a year ago. Um, he did this master class for Spinning Records, and he basically just broke down like the theory behind building an artist project and like what you should think about, what you shouldn't be thinking about. And he talked about stuff like this. And one of the things he said is like he kind of pulled up a big diagram of a lot of like the big producers and kind of showed that like there's four main categories that most people fall into. There's like the inventor the tastemaker, the showman, and the pop star. And like he was able to categorize a lot of producers and it, and it made a lot of sense. In fact, actually, I have it pulled up right here. Um, the inventor would be like Skrillex and Kygo, people who like popularize their own genre. Um, you know, they're, they're undeniably skilled. They don't really have any traditional socialities. And then there's like the tastemaker, which is like Diplo, DJ Snake, people who care a lot about underground cultures and they're like being cool is their brand, you know? And then there's the showman, which is like Timmy Trumpet and uh, people like him, I guess. Travis Scott. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Travis Scott. Like people who have a crazy live show and that's like their brand. And then there's the pop star, which is like Martin Garrix and Marshmallow and just like artists who hit like a critical mass and just have a really just easy to consume brand. And they're kind of like household names. So – would would you be – are you able to categorize yourself under something like that or is there like something you're going for? Because a lot of people like they try to shoot for like the inventor, you know, because like when you're the inventor, everybody remembers you forever, right? Or like they try to shoot for the pop star because they want to hit these critical masses. Are you Are you even thinking about that or are you just like wherever I fall, I fall? I mean to be honest, I didn't know that that existed, inventor, yeah. tastemaker, performer, and pop star. Um I haven't really given it a thought, but again, it's, I don't want to box myself up into a category and say, okay, I'm an inventor or okay, I'm yeah. a tastemaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I'm a performer, but no, at the same time, I want to be a pop star, but like, y- you know, you can be all of these. It's kind of like the red pill, black pill situation. You can just be mm-hmm. all. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's like we were talking about with everything being so blurry nowadays. I feel like this whole like, like category thing might've fit a while ago, but like Doesn't nowadays, if you look at an artist like Skrillex, he's a little bit of everything. Like he's inventing his own stuff. He cares about underground cultures. He's a household name at this point and he has a crazy live show. So it's like, I feel like to an extent artists should be like bringing a little bit of everything into their production. Um, Cause like, I mean, just, just you do you. I mean, that's, that's my motto. Dude, hundred percent, man. Yeah. Um, what, what are like, if you kind of look back on your career so far, I guess, what have been the hardest parts about being an artist in general? Like, what are those things that just like, what have been those really low points for you, I guess? Uh, up until 2020, it was like a breeze because I was in the, in that whole sound design mindset and I was, I was making a lot of really cool sounds and I was able to make music out of those sounds and, you know, hard shit. Uh, I saw you liked Popsicle. Uh, yeah, dude, that was really cool. That yeah, was no. really cool. <laughs> I don't like that song now because it was just <laughs> it was just meaningless sound design. And um, I guess when when I sent my uh, my more meaningful and less um, uh, how do I say it? I mean, the stuff that I care about sound design, I mean, less for. If I send those out to labels and other people, it's just I get not the response i'm looking for i mean in 2020 that was a that was an issue for me um and i guess i mean it still is but i just you know it's just you know it's it's just a thing that you have to go through an artist mm-hmm. has to go through maybe it's just like the hard times that will eventually defy what my brand will be or mm-hmm. um at the end who knows but um, 2020 was the hardest challenge of them all. Dude, 100%. Like when quarantine hit or like when, when places started going on lockdown, I feel like that was a lot of like music producers in particular kind of saw that as an opportunity to just like put your head down and grind. And like I feel like career-wise, everyone kind of made it pretty far that way. Like they got good over the course of quarantine. But like I feel like to an extent that like bashed a lot of people's mental health, you know, because like you're just kind of – cornering 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 yourself off from the world and just like keeping yourself locked in your studio at least that's like what happened for me like i got really good over quarantine but like man oh man like i cut off my social life like a whole bunch of stuff like came of consequence to that um so yeah man like i think i mean the the opposite happened with me because i had so much other personal stuff going on and Mm -hmm. it just didn't like so i when i produce i don't i don't produce out of um sadness or trauma or heartbreak or anything like that i just produce when i feel like um mm-hmm. but when i'm when i'm uh, going through a rough patch that's when i sort of hit a rock uh in the production standpoint um and that's what 2020 was all about for me i was just like going through some other shit some um personal stuff mm-hmm. and uh, it took me a year to actually get through with that i was talking to my friends the other day and how so like you mentioned before how lockdown when it initially hit people were just like how you know we can't really do this it's not in our routine and um, obviously going out is necessary and every, everyone went a little bit crazy about that but i mean if you ask people about it now it's you're gonna get a different uh, response because i built my entire routine around quarantine and honestly i i focused on self-improvement self-care and all the things that surround it. And at the same time, 
once you once you put your focus on that other things in in your life start to get better and i i feel that i have quarantine or the pandemic in a way to thank for that even though those things that happened were absolutely horrible um i wouldn't be the same person i am today i wouldn't be stronger than i was a year uh, ago Dude, that's perfectly said. In fact, I I stress this a lot on this podcast. Just like taking care of yourself and doing good things for you inherently makes your music project better. Because like there's your music project and then there's you. And at the end of the day, they're, they're not the same thing. They're two different entities. And you are the engine that runs your music project. So if you're not taking care of yourself and you're like eating shit and you're like not going to the gym and you're like in these terrible re- relationships, your music's just going to reflect that, you know, like it's, it's just how it works. But when you take time to care for yourself, your music's just going to get a lot better. You're, you're going to be more efficient when you sit down and work at it. So yeah, man, like that's, that's perfectly said. Like that's something I try to stress a lot for people. Um, and some pretty, pretty important message. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people kind of use music as an escape to an extent, like not making music, but like your average person will like put on some headphones to like kind of escape from the world or help deal with problems. But I feel like for music producers, because we're already like surrounded with music all the time, our escape is like a little bit different than music. So do you, do you find that like when you need to escape from the world or just have downtime, do you turn back to music or do you have other hobbies that you go to, to kind of like find a a break? I mean, so music is technically, it started off as a hobby and then it became my main thing. So Mm -hmm. that also means I have to find a hobby for my hobby because I can't really devote all my time into music so exactly. listening to music is kind of kind of an escape but making music um i wouldn't say it's an escape i do love it i do enjoy it mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna say it's an escape that i need to do it every single time to get out of whatever shit i'm going through but mm-hmm. i have uh, i have gaming for that i have talking to my friends for that i mean so no music for me is not really an escape and uh the hobby part of it it's probably gaming or reading or going yeah. into like the philosophical side I, I watch a lot of videos on youtube um when it's uh, uh regarding philosophy and different mindsets and everything so yeah. that's also kind of a motivating factor it also contributes to the self-care the self um, healing part of it yeah man 100 percent. honestly like i feel like I feel like that's that's definitely something I've like been diving into recently is a lot of just like mindset stuff and just listening to like really old people talk about like like uh philosophy in the same aspect oh, I guess. Dude, um, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I've been spending so much time with my dadi, my grandmother, um just listening to stories of our past. So so like that way I can I know more about my family history, I know about the heritage, I know um more about the country as well and how history, you know happened and everything so it also reinforces pride in one one's culture mm-hmm. and uh, makes me respect my own country makes me respect my own family and uh, makes me respect myself in that in the day yeah man like old people like i feel like they get shoved under the carpet sometimes man but like they're some of the wisest people on the planet bro of like course. they have crazy stories like i was i was at a, i was at a store recently and some old lady i don't remember how we even got on this topic but she was basically just like, there's not enough kind people in this world. Just make sure you're one of them. And I just like, <laughs> that's very cliche to say, but just like the way she said it was just such like an old and wise way. It was like almost like a warning. Like, 
you're going to have a terrible life if you're a shitty person. And it just like, it had so much more depth because she was old and saying it. I, so, I agree like, with her. I agree with yeah. her. There's a, there's a saying in Hindi. My dad used to say, my grandfather used to say it a lot. It's called Karbala Hobala. Um, it basically means um, do good and you'll get good. Um, and it kind of reinforces karma, karma. Mm-hmm. And it also made a lot of sense. I was like, oh. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like that's what being an artist and having an artist project is nowadays. It's just like you have to be an example and having a big platform like this is a really good opportunity to just like be an example for a lot of people and portray like a positive message. Um, in fact, that, that was going to be one of my, my questions coming up here. Is there like a message or like a statement you're trying to make with karma or is that not something you've developed yet or thought about? So um, up until now, I haven't really thought about that. I I don't have a message to, to send to mm-hmm. people, but up until now, mm-hmm. um, that's when I want to, I want to also motivate people. I also want to you know, give them faith in life, give them faith in themselves. Again, reinforcing self-love. Mm-hmm. And um, that's on whatever. So the entire self-love thing, I got into through my friends and the kind of circle that I'm around. Mm-hmm. Um, company really matters, I would say. So if, if you're around good people, if you're around motivating people, you're going to have those qualities in you as well. Mm-hmm. And I want to sort of give that back to everyone who's listening to my music or ev- like not even through music. I mean, even through these podcasts and talking about yeah. stuff like this, I'm mm-hmm. sure it would help someone, but it's at least someone that I'm, I would be helping. Mm-hmm. Exactly, man. Um, one of my favorite examples of like an artist project that, that did a really good job, like portraying a positive message. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this Jack, you, you know, like they had, they had this whole like overarching message of just like, music brings the world together and same with like major laser they stress this a lot too just like when you're at a concert nobody cares who you are like nobody cares about the color of your skin your religion your you know your background your beliefs anything because they know you like the artist that's playing and so it's like everybody gets along at a concert and like that's what's like super special about music to me is like it's the one place where everyone can kind of like get behind one thing and no no one really like disagrees like specifically at a concert like people argue about music all the time on the internet but like when you're at the concert everyone's just jumping up and down having fun and so like that's like one of like the coolest things to me is like it's one of those few things in the world that like really unifies people and i feel like jack you did like a really good job emphasizing that just like their whole message was just like so worldly and just accommodating of everyone and like they didn't care who liked their music it was really just for anybody to, to just like feel something from, you know, super strong, super strong. What are some, some moments, I guess, where you've kind of looked at them and been like, this is why I make music. Like those moments that are like really good and like something happens and you're just like, this is why I started this. This is why I keep doing this. This is why I love it. What are some of those, like, like the good moments in kind of your day to day that makes you like really motivated about music? Three things. Mm-hmm. Um, one is me imagining myself practicing more and actually putting in the hours mm-hmm. so for some reason i'm i'm really interested i'm i'm really intrigued by putting in hours into something even so obviously for me if it's not business it's music if it's not music it's business mm-hmm. if it's not any of those it's philosophy and um, anything that i pick up i just i give my entire life to it and i by that i'm i'm just putting in 
insane amount of hours so and i'm i'm actually happy about that i enjoy it so that's my first my second would be um the satisfaction that i get from uh making a song it's just so satisfying to just bob your head into something that you've created that no one else has heard before yeah dude. literally you're creating something that no one else has heard um and you're going to be putting that out and then the third part is the kind of response that i get whether it's from people random listeners my family my friends um or even labels in that uh, in that mm-hmm. aspect the labels kind of like kind of like an affirmation in a way you can do this yeah i am doing this <laughs> yeah man there's like there's certain things that happen along on along your path that kind of validate what you're doing like um like i think a good example was like when bishu followed us like no doubt that was like a little like okay i'm doing something right like he liked something that i put out like i got to keep doing this now you know and there's little things like that that are like reminders that like you're you're doing the right thing you know you're like yeah, on exactly. the right like getting into icon that's like that's a huge sign that like you're you're doing something right you know when you look into the future, and this is usually a hard question for people, this usually stumps them. Um, where do you kind of see your music project in five years? Like, what do you see yourself doing? What kind of image do you see yourself portraying? Like, what do you see yourself participating in in like five years? Which is a really long term goal and hard to imagine. But like, that's not a long goal. That's not long term. Really? <laughs> I think it is. I've, I've thought about it. <laughs> think, tell us, man. Um, so my five year goal uh, is obviously to create two EPs right and I wanted to lease them with my dream labels I want these EPs to be multi-genre I want these EPs to really get me out of myself um, in a way and um, third one is I want to I want to play a boiler room set <laughs> oh yeah yeah dude I mean let's just hope I can make it in five years yeah <laughs> I mean yeah dude, like honestly like you gotta shoot high, you know, you gotta shoot high. But yeah, those boiler room sets are so sick, man. I've That's... watched like every single one of those. <laughs> I absolutely love boiler room. So what kind of and we're we're kind of finishing up here because I think we're coming up on the hour, which is usually what I like to shoot for here. Um, what kind of music is getting you excited right now? Like what artists are you finding that are really catching your attention? Like what stuff are you listening to a lot of right now? Uh so I, I managed to get my hands on Donda. So I'm listening to that right now. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> it's it's really great. And by the way, before this, I haven't really heard a lot of Kanye West. Um, so this is my first time actually properly sitting down and listening to Kanye. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I'm going to say wow, I love dude. it. Wow, dude. Yeah, that's exciting. I haven't heard anything yet, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what else? What else are you looking at? Uh, what else? Uh, Ramzoid. I re- rediscovered his music, even XXX Tentacion. I, yeah, I saw you reposted some of their stuff. Of course, um, Saruda. But other than that, I've been listening to a lot of the old Weekend, um, Travis Scott, Drake. So it's mostly hip hop right yeah. now. But like they, oh, also Punjabi. I love Punjabi music. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> Are there any like top DJs that you're kind of getting into now, or like? Um, and anything like really in the EDM scene, I guess. Not really. I don't listen to a lot of EDM. If I'm being honest. Yeah. I listen. Yeah. Dude, honestly, yeah, I, I like. I can't. I can't. I, I, 
unironically listen to dubstep anymore. Like I can't sit down and just like listen to like <laughs> bass music. I have to like be working out or something in order to like put it into context. But I would agree, man. Like if I were to open up my playlist, it's a lot of like pop music and hip hop and there's not a lot of EDM in there anymore, which is like funny because then it's like yeah, anymore. when I don't get a lot of streams, I'm like, why aren't people listening to this? But I don't actually <laughs> listen to EDM myself. So like <laughs> I mean if I work out, I I put on some slowed and reverb songs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like you jam with it and you vibe and stuff. So kind of makes your workout yeah, better. At least for me, that just kind of helps. No, I was listening to some of those the other day. That's funny. <laughs> so um, yeah, dude. Like we're coming up on the hour here. Thank you for coming on, man. Do you wanna do you wanna go no ahead problem. and like plug all your social media? <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash Karma Karma there Beats. <laughs> I mean, no, thanks for having me, though. This was fun. I don't really do yeah, this a lot, sure. but it's fun. It is fun. Yeah, man. Um, do you got any, like, cool projects coming up that you want people to know about or anything like that? Absolutely. Or? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> nothing coming from Karma. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having Pops. me, man. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for listening. I should have had like a ticker for every time I said, yeah, man, a hundred percent. I overuse that so much in this podcast. It's not even funny. I say, um, too much. I don't know. Whatever. I'm overanalyzing it. It's fine. This was a good episode. I really, I really hope you guys liked it. Go hit up karma. Go tell him how much you love this episode. Go listen to his music. Most importantly, go follow him. Go do everything. I don't remember if I mentioned this in the intro, again, because it's 7.19am and my brain is half on, but I have a song out now, it's called Horizon, it's the last house song I'll do this year, I think, I don't know, I also have a remix for a Chami song called All On Me, out right now, go check that out, these are big things happening, and other than that guys, wish me luck, about to get slammed by a hurricane, and uh, And yeah, guys, until next episode, peace.